I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. Among the best vacations we ever had with our kids, and without them, at the same time, skiing. For a dozen years, from the time our twins were six, we took them skiing during the December holiday week. We visited many of the resorts in Vermont and Maine, and also ventured into New Hampshire. When they were young, we put them in a program called Skiwi. We would drop them off at nine in the morning and pick them up around three or four. That way, we vacationed with them, but had time to ourselves during the day without them. It was a win-win situation, and we all looked forward to this vacation. We always stayed in a slopeside condo, so there was no packing them into the car, no driving, no parking, just convenience. It was well worth the money. We also saved a lot by cooking in rather than going to a restaurant. As they got older, they could ski with us or on their own. Not only that, they became excellent skiers, well surpassing me in my ability. One of the best slopes for a family is Okimo in southern Vermont. It's a medium-sized resort and a place we all felt really comfortable and safe. There are very few restaurants on slope or nearby, so there wasn't a tendency to leave the mountain for the five days we were there. The scenery is beautiful, with forests of pine trees that seem very small since they're buried in snow. A fun place to warm up on the top of the mountain was the beach house. Another great family ski resort is Smuggler's Notch in northern Vermont. They cater to families and it's fun to go on a sleigh ride. One of the top areas in New England is Stowe, which is on the other side of the mountain from Smuggler's Notch. But the best New England area, at least in my estimation, is Sunday River in Maine. One of the best reasons to go is for the snow. When other ski areas have no or limited operations because of a lack of the white stuff, Sunday River is open. It's very big and will take you a while to ski from one side of the mountain to the other. I know that because it took an hour for me to get back to our condo when it started to rain. There is varied terrain and a slope called White Heat that is very steep, with warnings that people have been killed skiing there. One of my sons took me there and it took me forever to get down, but I did survive. There are even pins you can buy saying I skied white heat. While driving to Maine from New York it takes longer than going to many resorts in Vermont, we always thought it worthwhile. A benefit is the town of Bethel and good food at the Bethel Inn. Staying in Maine, a good place to ski is Sugarloaf. Back in Vermont, one of the biggest ski areas is Killington with a lot of B&Bs on the access road. It used to be a tougher mountain because of all the moguls or ski bumps, but new owners have eliminated some of those. Partly because of its location, the ski area is popular with teens, giving it a party scene feel. You can also get some good food in the town of Rutland. Weekends, as in most ski areas, can be quite crowded. On the other side of the mountain is Pico, a ski resort frequently used by locals. It is a fun place to ski and you don't have to be an expert to go through the glades, an area populated by trees. It's generally less crowded than Killington. My only problem with the place is several times we were there, they lost power, so we had to wait until it was restored. I have no idea if they fixed it, but it's something we experienced. Despite that, it's one of my favorite places to ski. If you're an expert skier, head to Mad River Glen. It's tough. Luckily, they let us take a few runs early in the day to check out the conditions. We left. It was just too difficult. There are a number of other ski areas in Vermont we've been to. Sugarbush and its cousin Sugarbush North are nice places. Bromley's a nice small mountain. Mount Snow is very popular and especially crowded on weekends because it's at the bottom of the state 
and a shorter drive for those in the New York metropolitan area. We tried skiing Jay Peak at the top of Vermont, but never got on the slopes since high winds closed the mountain. Nearby New Hampshire has a number of resorts. We skied at a Tash for a week, and you'd better get used to ice. I can't say it's like that all the time, but it certainly was when we were there. In New York State, head to Whiteface, where they held the Olympics in 1932 and 1980. One of the nice things about being there is you can watch Olympic trials such as ice dancing. New Jersey has Mountain Creek. Expect big weekend crowds. The same with many of the Pennsylvania resorts, such as Camelback. Heading out west, my favorite is Vail. It's gigantic but very expensive. There's a lot of varied terrain, and the back country can be quite challenging. Vail Village is quaint with beautiful shops and restaurants. It's hit and miss on the quality of food, but you can get some inexpensive meals, such as Pazzo's Pizza. I prefer Blue Moose Pizza at Lion's Head. Vail Village is filled with clothing and souvenir shops. My favorite is Wild Bill's Emporium, where you can get one of a kind doodads, western hats, boots, and other items. Another store, Kimasabi, is filled with western boots and hats. It's fun to see the different designs and colors and to choke at the prices. By the way, there are free buses that connect east and west Vale and Vale Village and Lion's Head. A short distance from Vale is Beaver Creek. Great skiing at the end of the day when you're coming off the slopes. They serve you scrumptious chocolate chip cookies. The ski area has a lot of nice shops and restaurants and an ice rink in the middle of the village. And it's nice ogling the beautiful chalets lining the access road. Former President Gerald Ford had one of the slopeside houses. About a half hour from Vail is Breckenridge, which has a great downtown and delicious and more affordable restaurants. It's a fun place with festivities such as the Uller Festival. You pray to Uller to bring more snow. People dress up in Viking costumes and have the most ridiculous looking floats. We lucked out seeing it once. They keep changing the time it's held, so you have to check the calendar. As for skiing, the mountain has some very wide open areas with heavy winds that can blow you down the slope. When you're out west, the altitude can be a problem. I never had a problem of it at Vale, but my wife did. Then again, I had problems at Breckenridge and she didn't. They sell canisters of oxygen, but I never found it helpful. Frequently, while out west for a week, we'll take a day and drive to a different areas that we haven't skied. Steamboat Springs is another fun town. Aspen has a lot of things going on. If you don't like to ski with snowboarders, head to Utah and Deer Valley on the outskirts of Park City, which has banned them. It has wide, beautiful slopes and is best for intermediate skiers. The Park City ski area itself can be reached by a lift in town. Alta, about a half hour away, has excellent skiing, but you have to get used to that altitude. If you go to Park City, make sure to take a day and visit the Olympic Village, where you can see some of the activities that took place during the Games in 2002. Another fun place that held the Olympics this time in 1960 is Squaw Valley, California. You're whisked up the mountain in gondolas that take you to bowls, wide, beautiful areas without any trails. Nearby is Alpine Meadows. You'll definitely enjoy skiing that mountain. A popular ski area in the Lake Tahoe area is Heavenly. Skiing is fine, but I had a better time at the other resorts. When you ski, it doesn't just have to be downhill. We sometimes supplement our visits with days spent cross country skiing. It's fantastic workout and a way to save some money since trail costs are a fraction of what they are for downhill. Overall, I prefer skiing out west. The snow is nicer with less ice, 
there's a constant argument over who's the better skier, those in the east or west. If you can ski the east with all of its ice and granular conditions, you're probably better. But then again, skiing in powder, which I've never mastered, is a lot of fun. It's odd when you ski powder because your skis are buried in the white fluffy stuff, something you really have to get used to. Another big advantage for the West, the nightlife seems to be better, with plenty of restaurants. I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. People always ask my favorite place to travel. I could say the outback in Australia, or the cities of Sydney and Melbourne there, or I could tell them about the safaris in South Africa. Or I could say wandering the Champs-Élysées in Paris, all places I love. But the real answer, Hawaii. For some reason, when I arrive in the 50th state, all my cares and troubles, even if I don't have any, seem to melt away. I've never been so relaxed as when I'm in Hawaii. I had never wanted to go, but ended up there on a vacation we planned as a graduation gift for our children. They didn't go, but my wife and I did. A friend told me how to arrange the trip, and he was absolutely right. We started in Oahu, after several days moved on to a week in Maui, and then four days in Kauai. As he said, your hyper level will lower at each destination till the end when you don't have a care in the world. We now travel there every other year. The weather is warm with low humidity much of the year, and the trade winds provide a comfortable breeze. Much of the time, you can wear shorts from 8 in the morning till 11 at night or later. If my family was not on the East Coast, I could live there permanently. A man who moved from the East said it gets a bit lonely since he can only go home once a year. My favorite island is Maui. We stay at the Marriott on Kanapali Beach. It's a strip of hotels and timeshares with a golf course in the front yard and amazingly designed pools in the middle and the ocean in the backyard. There's a long sidewalk in front of the ocean that connects the timeshares and hotels and a shopping center, so you don't really need a car. Though if you don't have one, you can't explore the rest of the exquisite island. What could be better than walking on the beach before breakfast and spending the rest of the day at the pool and beach before going out to dinner? The fresh fish is terrific. The snorkeling is fantastic. Although not everyone agrees with me, I found it better than Australia's Great Barrier Reef. A short drive away is the town of Lahaina with terrific restaurants and souvenir shops. Another time, pick a day, get up early and take the drive to Hana. The drive is really the destination, not the small town of Hana. The road is extremely windy and very narrow. I don't know if it's true, but they say if there's an accident, they just total the car since there are very few areas where you can turn around. There are roadside stands and the food can be delicious. You also have to stop at other areas. We discovered a grove of gum trees. They're gigantic and multicolored. Another stop just before Hana is the black sand beach, black because of lava flows. I didn't find anything special about Hana, but it was a great trip getting there. Another day when you want to get up real early, like 4 a.m. early, is a trip to Haleakala so you can see the volcano. Dawn brings beautifully colored lights, making that early alarm worthwhile. You can go with an outfitter or do the trip on your own. Some companies offer you the chance of biking down the mountain. I was warned not to do it because it's so steep and there are a lot of bike accidents. But after seeing the road, I think the warning was overdone. Another day, get in the car and just ride around. You can go up the mountain to a more arid area and discover a winery, or go in another direction and see some of the small towns that dot the island. A friend actually prefers staying in these small villages since he's not a fan of the big hotels. While driving, stop for lunch at a roadside cafe. 
The food may be the best you find on the island. Hawaii, of course, has some of the finest surfing, and it's not hard to find expert boarders out on the water. Stand-up paddleboarding is also very popular. And you must go to a luau. We saw one at a hotel on the beach. A lot of food and entertainment with hula dancers, Polynesian dancing, and music. They're, of course, a staple of Hawaii. My second favorite island is Kauai. It is very lush and was the scene of a number of movies, including Jurassic Park, South Pacific, and some Elvis flicks, among many others. You'll be surprised at the roving roosters when you land there. They're all over the island. Much of Kauai is uninhabitable and only reached by hiking. The best thing is take a helicopter ride. We called at the end of the day and were offered a number of enhancements that would not have been made if we had called earlier, sitting in the front, a free video, and a lower price. It's worth every penny you spend. We stopped counting after seeing 60 or so waterfalls. The area is breathtaking, and the beach, only reached by a very long hike or by boat, is beautiful. Another day, visit Waimea Canyon, which is known as the Grand Canyon of the Pacific. You'll marvel at the beautiful red canyons, the color because of erosion of the red soil. Friends who move to Hawaii say Oahu is the best place to live of any of the Hawaiian islands. Honolulu has more theaters and museums than the others, but it can be a busy place with high-rise office buildings which bring about a lot of traffic. The main reason to visit is Pearl Harbor. The memorial where America was attacked is very touching. Another top place to visit is the Dole Foods Plantation. Take the Pineapple Express train ride and see all the plants and vegetables they're growing, some of which you've never heard of. There's also a pineapple cutting demonstration and a giant maze. Before you leave, head into the gift shop and you'll find more pineapple souvenirs than you can imagine, as well as Hawaiian-grown coffee and chocolate. You'll have fun whether or not you have kids with you. But if you have kids, head to the Disney Resort, where Mickey and Minnie and other Disney characters roam the grounds. They're a lot of fun and very friendly and a lot more accessible than at the crowded Disney parks. Make sure to stay for the dinner buffet. The food is delicious and they're very helpful if you have any dietary restrictions. The botanical gardens are beautiful and give you a good reason to hike through the grounds. When you think of Hawaii, you think of beautiful beaches, which you'll find in both North and South Shores. On one of our drives, we searched for the Robin Masters Mansion, which is used on the Magnum P.I. series. We found the grounds, but did not seem to be a mansion there. But we did come across filming of the series on a nearby beach drive. It's fun to watch the show and know where they are. On our first trip to Oahu, we took a shuttle bus to our hotel in Waikiki. The driver told us to look to the right to a faraway island to see if it was familiar. Sort of. And then he told us that's where they filmed the exteriors for the old-time TV show Gilligan's Island. The fourth island we visited is the Big Island of Hawaii, which can be confusing since it's the name of the state. There are beautiful black sand beaches, but be careful since lava is very hard. We headed to Hilo in the rain, which is very normal, to see the Kilauea volcano. The city is very wet, receiving 275 days of rainfall each year. The colors from the erupting volcano are vivid reds and oranges. Kona is on the other side of the island. It is home to shops and restaurants and a sharp difference from rainy Hilo. While I prefer Maui, some like the Big Island better because it is more rustic. I was surprised to discover they snow ski in Hawaii. Yes, it does snow occasionally, and a group of hardy people climb to the top of the mountain and ski down. Not what you'd expect. Everyone else always says Hawaii is so expensive, but I haven't found it so, but that may be because I live on the East Coast. Housing prices are about equal, but you get a smaller house for your money. 
Housing condo prices on the beach are way too expensive. But then again, that's the case in many resort areas. Restaurant prices are about the same as I pay at home. Going to Hawaii is very safe. And while many places around the world, the water is safe to drink and you don't have to worry. About medical care. After all, it is in the U.S. If you like the outdoors and the water, you can't beat Hawaii. And as I've discovered, there's a lot to explore. I'm Steve Guggenheim and this is Travel with Googs.